Welcome to Chatting with Chatty. I'm your host, Chanel. And I'm your co-host, Maddie. And we're Chatty. Wow. Oh my gosh. Welcome everybody to our show. Today's topic is the post-grad depression. Dun, dun, dun. So we're just going to discuss our experiences with the post-grad depression, uh, specifically with the aim of answering the following. You know, what the heck is a post-grad depression? Why does it happen? How do we cope with it or treat it? And then how do we prevent it so other people don't have to go through it in the Mm -hmm. future? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm talking about. So let's get started. Have you ever experienced post-grad depression? You know, I actually have. Um, When I graduated college, um, there was a period of time between when I had just graduated and when I got my first job out of college. And not going to lie, that was a really rough transition for me. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, looking back on it, I think there's a lot of factors that contributed to it. But at the time, I didn't really have the understanding of what it was or realization that, oh, it's all these different factors. And it wasn't just me and like, what's wrong with me? What am I going to do? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel that. I experienced it too. For me, I graduated and was like, what the hell is going on? I don't even know. Because mm-hmm. during my <clears throat> during my bachelor's degree, I was suffering, especially during that last year. Oh my God, I was hanging, hanging by a moment here with you. I was dying, okay? It was, I'm on the edge, the, ed- the edge. The edge. Push me to the edge. All my friends are dead to that point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was definitely a mess. And so going from, oh my gosh, my life is a wreck. This is a mess. Graduating and then having nothing was like, what's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. For me, I tried finding a job, but I just could not do it. Like I probably had like a few interviews and then they just didn't go up to par uh, I would say most of it was my fault. The other half was just it not being a good fit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was one interview where I had to like prepare for an exam or something like that. I did not study for that exam at all. Mm-hmm. So what do you expect when that happens? But even going into some of the interviews, I'm like, I don't have anything in common with any of these people. They're all older than me. This position is not really what I want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, what's going on? Um, yeah, so that those were my experiences. And then after a while, I just started working for my mom's company. And then after that, I was like, okay, um, you know what? Let's try to go back to my original plan because I originally wanted to go to grad school. And so probably after a year, I was like, okay, I'm just going to go back to grad school, do, do what I wanted to do in the first place. Yeah. 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 Cause I remember you did take a year off Mm -hmm. and the thing is, I think that's something that 
I mean, you hear about it, but I think it's not necessarily normalized as being like, hey, it's totally cool to take a year off, get a break from doing those things, kind of figure out what you want to do, or maybe even more importantly, knowing what you don't want to do. Right. And then being able to like have that year to like replenish yourself, you know, fill your cup, whatever you want to say, and then be like, okay, I'm ready to get back into this. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I definitely needed that year to like, just be a normal human. Cause before in college I was on autopilot, like, we're just gonna, I don't know. I feel like in college I had to like shut myself down and like what I was feeling down Mm -hmm. to like, just be a machine and get everything done basically. Cause I was working like two part-time jobs and going to school the whole nine. It was just too much. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. And so I think doing that for a long period of time is a no go, mm-hmm. but I'm curious, what were your symptoms? What, what, what did you experience? I want to see if our symptoms were the same. Oh yes. All the, the feels and the emotions, the feels, the emotion. Um, see for me, and I think part of it is also because I graduated at a weird time. Like I graduated in December Yeah. and I think my, the people that I knew, my friends in college were still in college. So it was kind of like, okay, I'm done. I'm here. You know, it was like going home for winter break, but then I just stayed there. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I felt kind of lonely because I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm here. I kind of reverted back to kind of being a kid in a way because I'm living with my parents. Yep. I mean, I'm, I'm thankful that I was able to do that and they mm-hmm. let me come back. That's a privilege, but it's still, it was a transition, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely felt lost and kind of like, okay, what's next? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, even during like the tough times in college, like you were saying, you kind of go into like this autopilot mode, you kind of know what you're doing, you're busy, you have Mm -hmm. things that you're working on. Yeah, it can be stressful, but you know what needs to be done, you know where you're going. Mm -hmm. And then defined objectives. Exactly. Not having life. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. And like basically throughout your life, through college, you always have something. It might be like a short-term goal, right? Or something, but like when you're in school, there's always a goal, there's always an objective. And then when you're suddenly mm-hmm. out of it, it's like, uh, okay, what What do I does do? Not Help me. Compute, does not compute. Exactly. <laughs> No, for sure. And I'm, I just graduated from my master's program this May. And honestly, woohoo. Yeah. In the middle of a pandemic, no graduation ceremony for me. It done did it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They're shady. I wanted to be hooded, but I guess not. That's fine. Mm-mm. You know, luckily for me, I got my PhD program in the mix right now. And so I'll at least have that. I'll get to wear the, the funky gown 
There you go. Throw it down the runway. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm curious because, you know, with the concept of a postgrad depression, I feel like the first time it was horrendous. I was just, it was, we'll talk about that more because the first time was awful. This second time, I don't know. I feel like I'm numb to it. Mm. You know, I had more going on and I had more of a focus because I was already accepted to my PhD program when I left my master's program or graduated. Mm -hmm. And then I even had a summer program that I did that was really intensive which hindsight I probably shouldn't have done. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. It was crazy. Five days a week on Zoom, Ooh. eight to five. Good Lord. Like, breaks in between, but it wasn't enough. Nope. Like, the goal of that program was to burn you out, <laughs> which is not a good idea. Nope. Especially in this unprecedented time. Mm-hmm. You don't know how that's going to affect people. And I think... From and I had like a very sour exit from my program too. It was rough. There wasn't that closure. Yeah, there wasn't that closure. Um, I ended up getting into it. Me and my partner, uh, we have a project for the last semester of our master's program. Me and my partner got into it with our professors because they were really trying to play us. They really were trying to play us. They made us Mm -hmm. redo our entire semester project in the last two weeks of school. The last two weeks of school. That's so frustrating. Yes, very, very frustrating. And so it's like, I'm coming off that. I don't get a graduation ceremony. I go right into a program that's burning me out. And then now... I started my PhD program, which was also burning me out because they decided to teach everything the same way, even though we're online. So it's still the same amount of work. I'm in a different state, different time zone. Mm-hmm. One of my classes are at 6.30 a.m. Just, it was like one thing after another. Yeah. But I feel like the symptoms of depression weren't as strong, maybe because I had you know, my PhD and that program that made me keep going. Mm-hmm. As I feel like there's such thing, which I think I've heard of this, like a functional depression. Like, what is that? Yes. So I saw this online because I was curious and I feel like I've operated from this place a lot. Um, this functional depression, it's essentially like during periods of lots of stress you can reach a point where you become depressed, but you're still going through the motions. You feel mm, me? Yeah. You're still turning in assignments on time. Maybe you have some assignments turned in late, whatever, but you're kind of just like, I, I can tell you how it feels. I'm not a, I'm not a therapist, but I can tell you how it feels. <laughs> it feels like you're in the middle of the ocean waters up to your mouth (laughs) you're just trying to stay above water and then every once in a while there might be something like a weekend and you take a day off right Mm -hmm. and that's you grabbing onto a piece of wood for a little bit (laughs) and then you have to let it go eventually and then you're back in the water uh, barely breathing that's what it feels like but you keep going. You're still getting stuff. Hey, I, I passed this last semester, even though I was dying. I did it. I graduated from college, even though I was dying that last semester and the semester before that. But it's just like, 
at what cost? Done. Yeah. Yeah. It gets rough out here. Dang. Yeah, that's crazy. The ocean. Yeah. So that's how I describe it, but it's an actual thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I I heard the definition of it a long time ago, so I don't really remember the exact symptoms and stuff, but it's not fun. Mm -mm, Does not sound like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Why do you think you developed your post-grad depression? You know, I think there's multiple reasons. I think part of it was... I had really high expectations for myself Mm. and I feel like maybe my family also had high expectations and whether or not they actually did, I don't know, but I believed that. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, graduating and then just kind of not really knowing what the next move is, not having something planned. I think it was hard for me to kind of be like, okay, I don't immediately have a job. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and for me too, I was pretty successful in my college in terms of like grades and stuff. Like I graduated early, I graduated uh, cum laude or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think there was just this like expectation that it's like, okay, I'm going to graduate and then I'm going to have a career and I'm going to be living on my own and I'm going to be spreading my wings. And then here I was, yep, just flap, flap, flap. (laughs) (laughs) And here I was just kind of like back at home, not really sure what was going on. Um, Yeah, just sort of like a little lost. Yeah. Um, I think that contributed to it. I think the other thing is too, is I had other like things going on in my life. And I think the lack of having, um, like the structure that school provided, um, having the lack of like the support, Mm -hmm. I guess, from the people that I knew in college, Mm -hmm. um, I think that weighed heavy on me, if that makes sense. I think just losing that mm-hmm. was hard for me. Yeah, which totally makes sense. Um, for me, I feel like <sighs> just the last year of college was honestly hell for me. So it was just like legit, my schedule was crazy. I would wake up like 8 a.m., maybe 7 a.m., go to school. Mm-hmm. And I would not leave school until at least midnight. And then I would come home, go to sleep, wake up like 8 a.m., go to school, midnight, <laughs> come back Ooh. home. So my schedule was crazy. I don't think I took any days off. Like I was seven days a week, like wild. Some days I want to be at school, maybe like a Sunday or something like that. I wouldn't be at school, but I would still be at home working mm-hmm. like my parents were like, uh, we haven't seen you in like three days. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, on the inside, no, but physically I'm okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I'm here. I'm not, nobody murdered me. Uh, but no, it was, it was hell. Um, and so for me, I didn't have 
the mental capacity. I didn't have the time to plan before I graduated. It was kind of like, I was just sprinting, 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 sprinting a marathon. Mm -hmm. And then I ran across the finish line. And then I was like, all I know how to do is run. Like what, why am I sitting here doing nothing? I don't know, but you don't want to do anything. Yeah. I feel like my symptoms were like, I was depressed. Uh, 100% depressed. I was laying in bed all day, every day for, especially the summer, the whole summer Mm -hmm. I was in bed. And that's like really sad because that's supposed to be like the time where you're like, I graduated from college. People are going to Italy and stuff and like living their best life. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, I'm in bed like I can't move. (laughs) Have you ever had that where you're like in bed and you're like, I cannot get up right now. Have mm-hmm. you ever experienced that? It's yep. the worst feeling in the world. You're just like, I don't, I just, I can't. Like it would, I would have to physically force myself to get out of bed. Like that's how ridiculous it was. So, you know, laying in bed all the time, no desire for anything. Even the stuff that I used to love to do, just, I didn't want to do it anymore. You know, just not in the mood for anything, you know. Um, and then, you know, meanwhile, my mom's like, okay, what are you doing? What's happening? What are you, what is she going to do? Da, 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 da. And I'm just like, nah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of felt like that too, you know, just kind of like not really wanting to go do things or yeah, like my hobbies or the things that I enjoy doing or things that I, I knew like, okay, if I did this, like if I went on a hike, I know that I would enjoy it and it would be good Mm -hmm. for my mental health, like having that awareness, but not being able to do it. Even hanging out with friends and stuff like that. And I love to hang out with friends. I was like, "Mm, I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. And for me, I spent that whole summer depressed out of my mind And then I was like, what's wrong with me? Like, this doesn't even feel like I didn't feel like myself. Yeah. And for me, I've always been like a a (laughs) go-getter. I don't know why that, (laughs) those were the words that first came to my head, a go-getter. And I just didn't want to go get anything. (laughs) I wanted to go get being exhausted and tired in my bed. That's what I wanted to go get. Um, So yeah, it definitely took a lot to make it through that summer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely rough. And I agree with you with like the lack of structure is what really killed me. The Mm -hmm. lack of structure, which I feel a parallel from that time to now when we have the pandemic. Yeah. Same thing. I'm like, I lost my structure. Mm-hmm. Like for me before the pandemic, besides that summer, I was never in the house. <laughs> I'm not here. I was mm-hmm. always working, always doing something, hanging out with friends, whatever. Yeah. And so now it sucks that we're in this situation basically again. Yeah. It- More mentally stable though. At least this me. is true. Yeah. I was going to say too, cause um, I've had since graduating college, I've had a few periods of unemployment. Mm-hmm. Um, the first was immediately after college. And I would say that was the roughest for me mentally. That was 
probably the hardest transition I've had. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I moved Mm -hmm. after being at home for almost a year. Um, I moved in with my boyfriend. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, yes. We moved in together. <laughs> <laughs> They're in love. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> We're going to be adulting together. But anywho's <laughs> that, um, you know, it was it was a leap of faith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but I was. Right. It was it was pretty wild actually to come and think about that. Even yeah. We weren't well, we weren't too close of friends then. No. But we, I just remember I don't think we were that close of friends. We we were still friends of friends at that point. Yeah. I think like we only really hung out when we were hanging out with like mutual friends. Yeah, exactly. And so I just remember someone telling me, like, oh yeah, she's up, she's up in San Jose. Was that the time when you moved to San Jose? Yep. Yeah. I just remember somebody being like, she's up there. And I'm like, okay. Yep. And that move happened like within, I want to say like a week or two. It was like, we decided we were going to move in together, but we weren't going to move to San Jose. Mm -hmm. Then wild job offering happened for him. Mm. And then within the week of me flying up there to go live with him and his family, it was like, Oh, we are going to San Jose and we are living in San Jose. And, you know, luckily we're in a position where we could afford to be up there on just his income. And that was a huge privilege to be able Mm -hmm. to have that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was unemployed for a few months there and that was, that was a tough transition. Um, but I do think that having that experience before definitely made it. So I had better, uh, methods to cope with it. Mm-hmm. And I was a little, I was able to recognize, you know, my, um, my bad habits when I was kind of going into more self-destructive you know, habits and things, I was able to recognize that a little bit better. It wasn't easy, mm-hmm. but it was easier. Yeah. And I feel like that's the same now because pandemic and I'm unemployed and, you know, yeah, but we, we, you know, we learn from these experiences. Yeah, I would agree. I think that time made me mentally more tough. It kind of feels like when you fall down and scrape your knee and then you get a scar, how that Mm. like skin is like tougher, except in your brain. (laughs) Mental calluses. Yes. Mental mental scars. That's so messed up. That's what it is. And I feel like those periods where you feel the experience, it just kind of like helps you in the future but living through it, I think it helps us in the future because we actually took steps to like deal with it, right? Yeah. We kind of had like a period where we we're like, what's happening? Oh my gosh. Okay, let's cope in a bad way, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And then later on, we were like, okay, well, this isn't working for me. What will work for me to where I can feel better? And we kind of yeah. did that work. And I think that work right there is what you take with you. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of coping, how did you cope? What did you do? To, like, 
It's rough. What did you do? It's, it is rough. Um, So I had some, a few very, very dark days. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. um, So it took me a while to kind of get to the point where I realized that I needed coping mechanisms Mm-hmm. And for me to recognize, like, hey, I'm not okay, and I shouldn't just be, you know, in this by myself. Um, and after kind of having that wake up call or that realization, I guess, mm-hmm. um, I did start seeing a therapist for a little bit, and that definitely helped. Mm-hmm. I started communicating with my family a little bit better about what I was going through. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, that actually really helped my relationship with my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, I mean, I love him, but distance definitely makes the heart grow fonder in our case and living together. <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah. Living together can be trying, mm-hmm. you know, as, as it is. But I think that um, seeing that therapist and then kind of learning uh, to have certain communication tools and being able to openly communicate with the people around me Mm -hmm. helped a bit. Um, I think I also put in a little bit more effort in my friendships, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then I think the other thing too is I tried not to be so hard on myself with Mm -hmm. the fact that like, why don't I have a job right now? Why this, that, and the other, right? I try to just be kind of like, it's okay. I'm doing what I can. Mm -hmm. And that's the best I can do right now. Mm -hmm. And being okay with that. It's a process, but I think that that helps cope. Yeah. Yeah. So during my year uh, of post-grad depression. Uh, during the summer, I was definitely coping in the wrong way. You just kind of, I feel like the depression was just so strong. Like it just overtook me. And I was like, I just can't, I can't do this, you know? So like eating badly, not mm-hmm. wanting to get out of bed. If someone would invite me somewhere, I'm like, Ugh, I don't know if I want to go, even though that would be something I would love to go to in the past. Mm-hmm. And just kind of like, just no life, no nothing, um, you know, applying to jobs and then having that like affect my self-esteem was yeah. something I wasn't used to. I've yep. been denied from jobs in the past and I'm like, okay, whatever, moving on. But that time I was like, oh no, <laughs> what am I to do? You know, like, and I'm like, I didn't even want that job. <laughs> That's the worst part when it's just a job you're just applying to and you're like, whatever, I don't actually yeah. like it. And then you get rejected from it. And it's just like, well, forget you anyway. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So after I I got to a point where I was like, "Ah, something ain't right. I don't know. I just realized I was like, it doesn't make sense for me to not feel like myself and all of these other symptoms. I'm like, something must be wrong. So I started Googling and then I was like, Oh, depression. What's that? (laughs) And then I was like, okay, let me look at these symptoms. Oh, wow. I have experienced all of these symptoms. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
<laughs> I took like a little one of those little um, self-diagnostic quizzes where you like, uh-huh. so like, like, do you strongly agree, strongly disagree, whatever. And they got, hey, you're severely depressed. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> Okay. All right. Now what though? Uh, Now now what? what? Yeah. So for me, I did not see a therapist. I didn't have anybody but myself. Mm -hmm. And I just made it a point to change because I'm, I'm just, I roll like that. Um, and so I was like, okay, let me look up. How do you like, what are the things you should do to, you know, end your depression? And so a lot of the things were like, have a hobby, which I started singing lessons around that time. So I got my hobby and then it was like, you should work out. So I started seeing my friend's personal trainer, started doing that. Um, you know, they said to, you know, hang out with friends and stuff like that. And so I started to revive the friendships. I don't All know if I trips up to San Jose. <laughs> yes. I was like, I'm pretty sure I came up to San Jose during that time period. Probably. Oh yeah. Um, yes. Good times. Good times. Um, and so it was just the little things. It did not change at all at once. Right. I feel like I was still depressed for a long time after the point where I decided to like, okay, we're going to change, but it's just every day live for the day, try to do something better than yesterday. If it doesn't happen, there was definitely days where I still spent all day in bed for sure. Mm -hmm. But you know, you just got to keep going and just try to do things. I find just like with therapy, scheduling things with other people makes it a lot easier. I knew my personal trainer was going to be there at whatever time. I think it was like 9 a.m. He's going to be there at 9 a.m. waiting for me to come in. So that would force me to get out of bed and actually go there. Uh, You know, my singing lessons, someone was waiting for me at this time. So I'm going to show up. Um, So that's what worked for me because other people keep me accountable. Um, But yeah, it was a long, long process. But I think I'm a lot stronger for it mentally wise, even though I still find myself kind of slipping back into some of those tendencies of like depression and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. I feel like now I can recognize it and kind of like, you know, come out of myself to say, okay, this is a symptom of depression or this is something that you've experienced before. It's okay that you're doing it, but don't let it again, you know, definitely. And I think that's probably one of the biggest lessons to be learned from the, the post-grad depression is, you know, being able to recognize your symptoms, being able to recognize, you know, when you're slipping back into unhealthy habits and being able to acknowledge it, you know, but don't let it consume you. Consume you. Yeah. But Hey, Sometimes it does. And that's okay too. This is true. You just got to keep trying. It happens. You got to keep trying. Mm -hmm. So the question is for future people, anybody out there who's listening, who's a current college student, (laughs) how the heck do you prevent this from happening in the first place? You don't. No, just kidding. <laughs> you let it consume you. <laughs> Become an edge lord. Yes. <laughs> uh, 
You know, that is a good yeah. question. I mean, I think first of all, it's important to know that it's a thing, right? Like when I graduated, I honestly didn't even know about post-grad depression until you brought it up. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's totally a thing. Mm -hmm. I didn't know it at the time. You know, I didn't know. Yeah. And I didn't know that like, oh, this is normal. I mean, it's unfortunate that it's normal. Yes. But it's like, okay, I think there's some comfort or there would have been some comfort in knowing like, okay, well, this is just a thing that people go through. Yep. You know, and it's not just me. You are not alone. (laughs) Exactly. I am here with you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel like looking back, ways that I could have prevented the post-grad depression happening to me. First of all, I took college way too seriously, way, 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 way too seriously. Y'all, it does not matter that much. It does not matter that much. (laughs) Like I used to think of college. Yes. (laughs) I used to think of college like life or death. Like I have to get this assignment done. I would stay up until like five o'clock in the morning, then not sleep, drive to school to turn in an essay. Like, good Lord, that's not good. Nope. <laughs> Don't do that. Mm-mm. I was straight falling asleep oh, God. on the highway. Hiking. No. I did it once. <gasps> I can't lie. I did it once. Oh. And then after that, I was like, never again. Whoa. But I did do that. Um yeah don't do that besides the point (laughs) let me come back from my digression um college is not that serious it feels like a lot because this is your first time like especially if you're coming directly from high school this is like all you know all you know is school 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 and school is how you at least for some people base your self-esteem on Mm -hmm. base like you really say my grades and how I act in school is a reflection of who I am as a person. And that is not true in the slightest, even though we tell ourselves that, and you really have to let that go. It's hard though. It is really hard. It's really, really hard. Especially, I let it go. Go ahead. I was going to say, especially just because our society values education so much so much and like for me I was able to let it go in my master's program and I think that's because looking back at the previous experience I was like it's not worth it it's not worth it to stress yourself out that much like when I was in my bachelor's degree I was having panic attacks in my car like oh my gosh I'm gonna fail this exam and it was like the end of the world (laughs) Yeah, that's but not guess good. what? I failed that exam and I was fine. I'm fine. I still am in a PhD program for God's sakes. It's not that serious. You have to chill. I would say that's the number one advice right there. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And you know, I think it's important to try to keep the people that you met in college. And the people that you're still friends with in high school, keep that connection with them, reach out to them, 
even though I feel like it, at least when I was younger, it felt weird to like keep in contact with people. Cause you kind of have like this per- perception, like what if they don't want to hang out with me? What if they don't want to talk to me? But everybody's like, Oh my gosh, this person reached out to me. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah, nobody's going to be like, and eh, they reached out to me most likely. Yeah. So try to keep that connection. Definitely. The people, you know, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think what else I would go back and change. Also, I would have took another year. I would have took another year, 100%. My parents, 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 I told them, I was like, hey, this was my senior year when I was dying. I was like, mm-hmm. hey. And you know, you go to them, you're not like, my life is a wreck, I'm dying. <laughs> you don't yeah. have parents like that, at least I don't. I was just kind of like, hey. <laughs> so like, by the way, how would you guys feel if I like took another year because I'm, I'm not doing too well right now? <laughs> And then they're like, no, you have to finish in four. You have to, you have to, you have to. And so my parents, I'm a first generation college student. So my dad has like an associates or something like that. My mom um, doesn't have any college degree. So they don't know what it's like. Mm -hmm. My dad got his associates when he was what? I think when I was a baby or like a child, that's when he got his associates. So they don't know what it's like. They don't know what it's like to be me. But uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so going to them, I would say I didn't express myself in the right way because if I would have led with my emotions and how I was feeling and all that stuff, instead of just saying, hey, by the way, um, I want to take another year, they probably would have handled it a different way. But mm-hmm. after that, I was like, okay, well, I guess I have to finish in four. And I didn't like think for myself, what would be the best thing for me? Yeah. I didn't think that way. I was just kind of like, I must do what other people say kind of idea, you know? And so going back, I would have took a whole nother year and that would have saved me so much stress during my last year. That would have saved me probably having to do a master's degree altogether. I could have just went straight into a PhD program, call it a life. And yeah, Shoulda, coulda, woulda. I needed the experiences, so it is what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maddie, your face concerns me. <laughs> no, I mean it's just it's it's true. Like looking back, just thinking of all the things, it's like what you could have done differently mm-hmm. that you didn't even think of. Exactly. Right. But yeah, I totally agree with you. I think um, the, what was the first thing you said? I can't remember. (laughs) But Um, I was like, yes, truth, Chanel. That was the truth. Like, oh, don't treat college so seriously. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's really important. Um, I definitely, I I mean, I probably just put this pressure on myself, like in hindsight, Mm-hmm. But I was like, I have to finish college. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, for me, I was getting financial aid for most of my college because mm-hmm. um, my brother and I were close in age. So we were in college for a decent yeah. amount of years together. So we qualified mm-hmm. for it. And then my fourth year, I was on my own and I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, I think there's like the guilt of spending that money. And I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, I just gotta, just gotta get it done. And I don't know if I really enjoyed it to 
its fullest potential. Yeah. Um, you know, and I would say if you need that time and you can, you can give it to yourself or, you know, whoever is supporting, you can help you through that, mm-hmm. you know, take advantage of it. Yes. Cause like you said, it has long-term benefits. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And believe me, nobody has ever asked me, how long did it take you to finish college? Nobody's ever asked me that. Nobody cares how long it takes you to finish college. They just care about that piece of paper. Nobody even asked me to see the piece of paper. Okay. It's true. (laughs) It's true. I think I've had like maybe one job. I've I've had job applications where they're like, we want to see it. Like the the degree or the whatever or your transcripts, but I don't know. I've had to do a lot of transcripts because of applying to schools and stuff like that. That's true. I actually don't know where my degree is. <laughs> I've looked at it about twice. And I that's don't. including my master's degree. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know where my degree is actually. Mm. Or if I ever like no, I guess I did have it ordered or printed or whatever, but who knows? <laughs> one I day. don't know. Once I get the last one, the PhD, then I'll I'll frame all of frame them on one thing and then I'll never look at it again. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I would agree with that. Um, I also think that staying connected is super important. Mm-hmm. That was something that I didn't really, honestly, I don't think I really valued it until I, I don't even know, like I moved away. Mm-hmm. But it's like looking back after you have those connections and you've worked on those connections, it's like, wow, why didn't I reach out before? Yeah. You know, and, and for me, I'm, I'm definitely more of like an introverted person. Mm-hmm. So reaching out and initiating has always kind of been a struggle for me, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm working on it and he's, I'm trying. He's learning. I'm learning. <laughs> and you know what? I'm benefiting from it. Yeah. Like I'm doing so much better now that I have certain people and friends in my life that I like make an effort to stay connected with, whether they're people that I met in college or people that I met in high school um, Mm -hmm. or even former coworkers, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just making that effort to stay connected, you know, and believe me, I have the social anxiety and when I'd read out, reach out to these people, I'd just be like, hi, I'm sorry, I haven't reached out to you. And I would just tell them, just be like, I, I have social anxiety. And mm-hmm. what surprised me is that they would be like, I did too. That's why I didn't reach out to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though. And mm-hmm. like you said, nobody's going to be like, eh, why did you say hi to me? Why did you ask me how yeah. I'm doing? Yeah. You know, people like to know that somebody is thinking of them and somebody cares how they're doing. Yeah. Like we all do. Everybody likes to, to feel cared for. Mm -hmm. So reaching out to people and just staying connected in whatever way, shape or form it's, it's a win-win. Yeah. And just to drive that home, like if you're looking to build a network, reaching out to people is the best thing ever, whether it's professional or personal, it's just so easy. Like for me, I had an interview uh, with Pinterest, as you know, (laughs) I did not pass the first round of interviews, so don't get too excited, but (laughs) (laughs) disclaimer, (laughs) disclaimer, but for 
preparation for it, I had to talk about a project that I worked on. And so what I did was I met with the two professors I worked with on that project. And I was like, hey, do you have time to just meet with me on a Zoom and talk to me about like the project that we did and kind of remind me of like what went down and all that stuff. And guess what? They were open to it. I got to see them for a little bit, got to chat with them. Uh, These are the same people who write me letters all the time. So, you know, they're gonna, you know, you gotta keep that contact, you know what I'm saying? And so just don't be scared to reach out. And you don't even have to like, honestly, you don't even have to apologize or anything like that. I legit will just be like, hey, how are you doing? What are you, did you ever find that job? Or like, just, you don't even have to preface it. Just ask them a question and they'll respond like, oh yeah, da, 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 da. How are you doing? Oh my God. Like, it's so <laughs> much fun to just out to people. So yeah, try it on for size. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yep, as an introvert, it's, I, it's hard. I know, but the more you do it, it. yeah, the more you do it, the more you get used to it. Mm -hmm. And the more you're like, yeah, actually I do want to put myself out there. Mm -hmm. I love it. You see, this is a digression, but I'm, I got tested and I'm half introvert, half extroverted. Oh, okay. Wow. And so both of those things happen to me at once. So when I'm out, I get recharged by people. Mm-hmm. But then I also have a point every once in a while where I'm like over it. And then I need to be by myself to recharge. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know how that works, but I got both going on. What's good? Yeah, <laughs> that is interesting. I, I mean, I say I'm an introvert and I definitely, I feel like when people first meet me, I definitely have more like introverted, an introverted presentation mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm pretty, I mean, it took us like years to actually become friends, which is the wildest thing. It is. <laughs> we're good friends. We are. But I'm it took to think, a while. Cause out of all of the friends like I had in high school, you're the only one that I still talk to. Yeah, I think I have two people that I talk to and you're you're the main one. Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And we didn't even become friends in high school. Like we knew each other in, in high school. College, not even in college. Uh, yeah. I mean in college, I think that's kind of when we started like interacting more yes. with each other because it would be like, oh, we're all home from college. And then mm-hmm. like there'd be like a group of us that would hang out. Yeah. And like we I would be there. Casual friends. Yeah. And then for some reason, after we graduated high or college, we were like best friends. What is that? I still don't understand that. (laughs) I don't know either. You know what I think it was? It was when I had like first moved up to San Jose. And I think because back then we had like a a group of people that we all kind of like hung out with. Mm -hmm. And I think I just like was like, hey, if anybody wants to come up, I'm here. (laughs) And, you know, I'm, I'm just like chilling up there. I didn't have a job at that point. Yep. And you were like, all right. And you like came up <laughs> and not going to lie. I was a little nervous about it at first. Cause like, oh man, Chanel, I'm really excited, but I'm like, I've never, I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> right? I was like, I don't think I've ever just like hung out with, with just her. 
You know, the funny thing is I had no qualms whatsoever. I was like, I'm about to go have fun up in. (laughs) I mean, I was excited. I was just like, okay, let's just see what happens because I don't think we had really like ever just like hung out. Mm -hmm. And then we just, we just vibed. We just just vibed. Yeah. Like a whole week went by. Like we were like, we would. Yeah, I stayed there for like a week. Yeah. Like it was just like the three of us there and we were all just like chilling. We were really chilling. There were days where like we didn't even leave the apartment. We really we were didn't. just like chilling we there. Nothing too. <laughs> we were just chilling, mm-hmm. relaxing. Yeah. And I think the thing that really made me know like, oh, okay. Like when I knew that you were going to be a really good friend is when we were just chilling and we were both doing our own things and we were comfortable around each other mm-hmm. and we were comfortable with the silence. Yes. You know what That's I mean? Important thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be comfortable with the silence. Yeah. That's and I, that when I was like, oh, cause I'm also, as I've said, since I'm kind of introverted, sometimes <laughs> being around other people is stressful for out. me. Yeah. It can be like, I can be like the best of friends with them, but it can still stress me out. Mm-hmm. But then with you, I was fine. <laughs> and I was like, wait, there's no anxiety coming with having this other person here. And I was straight living in your space. You were I was in the living room, wasn't I? Yeah. Cause it was I a was one bedroom apartment space mm-hmm. all up in it for an entire week. We were sharing one bathroom. Yeah. That's how you know it's real. That's how you know it's real. And we had no arguments, no annoyance, no nothing. We were straight. Yeah. So weird. It was, but I'm so happy that that happened because mm-hmm. then it was like, oh, okay, this this is chill. This is awesome. Yeah. yeah. It is what it is. And now we're doing podcasts together. <laughs> yes. You see the progression. We just keep going up from here. That's mm-hmm. all it is. Yep. So back to the topic you can, because that was a digression. Um, that was that was quite the digression. Yes, it was. <laughs> um, I'm curious, because we basically answered all the questions, like what is post-grad depression? Why does it happen? How do you cope with it? And then how do you prevent it? But I want to know, like, in our society, what perpetuate perpetuates, I think I said that correctly, this post-grad depression because you know we don't live it's not the individual's fault there must be a system in place that's producing individuals like this so it's like what is our society doing what are the universities doing what are our parents doing that's causing this because we already talked about the individual what's called causing it so what's the other there's Mm. a lot to that there is i think Part of it is it's not necessarily something that, like I said earlier, it's not really something that you necessarily know about. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that it's particularly um, acknowledged mm-hmm. in our society. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but at least from my consumption of media, that wasn't something that I was aware of was necessarily going to happen. 
Yeah. And it happened and I was yeah. not prepared. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's talked about enough because even with me, this is like probably a year after, you know, dealing with my post-grad depression, I was talking to my friend Megan and I was like, yeah, after college, you know, that wasn't a good time. This was probably like two years or something after I graduated from college, you know, after college, that just wasn't a good time. And Megan was like, yeah, it was really bad. (laughs) I was really depressed after college. I was like, you were too? I was too. Like I was suffering. She was like, I was suffering too. Like it's just, (laughs) it's just so weird that all of us, all three of us, cause we interact a lot. All three Mm -hmm. of us had the same experiences. All, and all slightly off times, right? Slightly sure. off from our times. But all of us had these experiences and none of us knew that the other people had the same experience. Yeah, that's what's crazy. And I think part of it too is just, I think our society needs to talk more about mental health. Mm-hmm. I think part of that is it. I mean, and that's a huge thing too, right? Is just, you know, mental health awareness. And I think it's still kind of stigma. There's like a... There's a stigma. Yeah, that's the word. Um, We're just like, am I saying that right? (laughs) Check one, two. (laughs) Do I sound smart? (laughs) (laughs) But there's, there's a stigma about mental health. So unfortunately, and I think that, um, you know, that's not something that we just, I mean, I think we're doing better at it now, but that's not something that people necessarily just casually bring up in conversation. Yeah. So, you know, we could be hanging out and one of us could be like, I'm dying on the inside. But, you know, we don't, that's not necessarily something that we say or share. Yeah, that's 100% true. And especially because there's like such a shame around it personally, Mm -hmm. because you don't want to go to anyone and be like, hey, I feel like I'm a loser. Because that's essentially how you feel. Mm -hmm. You don't want to do that. That takes a lot to, especially when you're in the middle of it, feeling it. Yeah. Mm-mm. That's hard. That's hard. Mm-hmm. It's probably helpful, but it's hard. Yeah. So, yeah, I also think I feel like the universities are super slacking on this mental health in general because they mm-hmm. don't offer enough support for mental health in general. But it kind of feels like the second you graduate, the universities are like, good luck. And they kind of just throw you to the wayside. And then they ask you for money like three months later. Right. Like, are you insane? Mm-hmm. They're like, you're an alumni now. Mm-hmm. Please donate. Mm-mm. Yeah. I mean, I know our, my university, I think it had some sort of alumni program. Or I signed up for thing, but And it was not worth it. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I didn't really bother going into that too much. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that it's kind of like, okay, you graduated, we're done, you know, Mm -hmm. and there isn't necessarily, I mean, I guess you could use sources like LinkedIn and stuff to try to network with those people and whatnot, but Mm -hmm. you know, that, 
that's not always the most helpful. I mean, it might be helpful for your career, but maybe not necessarily for your own personal well-being. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think you have to be in a certain place mentally to career search. Yeah. Because it's sure. a lot of rejection, which if you're mentally fine, your your self-worth isn't so shot down that you rely on people accepting you, you'll be fine. But if you're in get that, there though, it's hard to get there in general. Even if you yeah. don't go through this post-grad depression, it's hard to get there. So to expect someone who's basically depressed to just magically go through that process, I think is sucky. Yeah. And also I feel like they're not doing enough to have students prepare to graduate. You know what I mean? Cause they, cause they tell you like, Oh, six months before you should line up a job. Like I've heard that before six months before you graduate, you should try to line up a job. And it's like, huh? You know how many like classes I have to do? Senior year? <laughs> you know how many classes I got? I'm taking my hardest classes right now. Brav. And yeah. you want me to do what? Huh? Yeah. That's Mm-mm. not always realistic. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like I feel like the universities could do more. I also feel like parents sometimes they don't understand yeah and sometimes it's not their fault because it's like if you've never been in college especially fresh from high school to college you don't understand Mm -hmm. you don't understand yeah i think there's also a oh sorry no go ahead um i think there's also just a generational difference too Mm -hmm. in you know what's expected the you know the economy or the whatever that our parents when they entered the workforce in was a lot better than the current state or even you know this state it was a few years ago mm-hmm. it, you know what boomers could <laughs> buy a house without a college degree like that's not something we can even like fathom right now yeah you know what all. i mean at all yeah so, I mean, I think there's a generational difference mm-hmm. as well. And I think that um, older generations have a different idea or, you know, different whatevers of what they think you should be doing or what should happen like before, during and after college. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that doesn't, yeah, it's hard to, those barriers make it difficult. Yeah, to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also feel like, and you let me know, we probably have the same experience because we went to the same high school. But I feel like from the beginning, it was always, you graduate from high school and you go to college. That's what yep. you do. Mm-hmm. And it feels like we weren't really given a choice. Yeah. And it was just Definitely. like college. Like that's what we were like ingrained to do. Mm-hmm. Go to college. And then some of the guys at our school would go to the military. But for the most part, everybody went to college. Even yeah. You went to college, you went to college. <laughs> and so having that 
to where you're going to college because you're supposed to go to college instead of you're going to college to accomplish X, Y, Z. Yeah. I think that has a little bit of an issue because it's like, I'm doing this because this is what life is. Like college is life. Like this is my next step in my life instead of, oh, this is just a stepping stone so I can get to a career that I want. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that's where it kind of went from this is a stepping stone to this is my life. <laughs> I, yeah. And I think especially our high school definitely was on the more affluent side, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. And I think there definitely was this kind of um, culture. Yeah. Elitism. That's the word I'm thinking of right now. Yeah. And there's just like, everybody knows what college they want to get, like the concept of having Uh, a dream school. I hate that concept. It's dumb. Because now that I have been in two different universities, right? Mm -hmm. And I went from a state school to a high up private school, right? All of these universities suck. (laughs) (laughs) That's rough to say, but like the way people talk about dream schools, I'm just like, just wait. Like, it's not, it's not that. What you see in the brochures, what you see online, it's not reality. College Mm -hmm. is college no matter where you go. And of course, different universities have their different problems, right? Sure. Different universities have better name recognition and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, college is college. A dream school is not going to make you a better person. It's not going to make your life better than it was going to be. Like a dream school is not something you need. Yeah. You can go to any college and you will be fine. Anyway, right? You'll probably even be better in a lot of cases if you just went to your local state school or community college or something like that. It depends, right, for people. But a lot of times you'd be better just doing that. So the concept of a dream school just drives me insane. I feel like the the concept of a dream school is just setting people up to be disappointed. Yes. And I actually, um, I know somebody who uh, had a dream school Mm -hmm. and they... uh, got into their dream school and I mean, I don't know them super well, but I know that they struggled and they eventually dropped out, Mm -hmm. but then they started again at a different school. And you know what? That school is better suited for them and they thrived there. Mm -hmm. And it was not the school with the recognition that they originally were at. Mm-hmm. You know, and they found their way. Yeah. That's why I cringe. I saw this one TikTok of this girl, and it was her, her father at her mom's grave, just 
just starting it out from the gate Whoa. at her mom's grave. Intense. She was opening up her acceptance letter to see if she got in. And she got into her dream school. I believe it was Duke or something like that. She got into her dream school and she starts crying and her father's crying. And I'm just sitting there with my cynical view. (laughs) (laughs) And then on top of that, she was asking people for money for the tuition because she didn't get a full ride or whatnot. So she was asking people to cover the first year of tuition. I don't know about Duke, but I think that's a private university. I would not be surprised if it's $50,000 a year or more. So why go through all of those hoops for a dream school that you may or may not even be happy at? You know? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what we've been told though, right? We've been told You see, when I was younger, I never had a dream school. That's probably because I was just kind of winging it (laughs) when (laughs) applying to schools and stuff like that. I had no idea what I was doing. So I just did my thing. But I'm glad I didn't have a dream school. See, for me, I guess you could say I had a a dream school. Mm Mm-hmm. I put air quotes around that because (laughs) (laughs) I had a first choice college um, and it's not like the most amazing college ever. I mean, I, I think it's a great school, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's not like, it's not like Berkeley or, you know, if you said, Oh, I went to this school, somebody from, uh, the other part of the country is not going to be like, Oh, you went there. It doesn't have that sort of, recognition. Yeah. But for me, I, my family went there. Um, I had been there multiple times. I kind of had an idea of what I wanted to do. And for me, this school had things that aligned with what I wanted to do with my life and the programs that I was interested in and the culture that I wanted to have. Um, they didn't have a huge Greek presence, which was something that I was like, mm-hmm. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, no, no shade. I get well shade. Now that's all shade, <laughs> all shade. But the the school had a culture that I wanted to be a part of, and it had a program that I wanted. And I wouldn't say it was one of those big big ticket schools. I don't know. It wasn't like a huge university that everybody knows about. Mm-hmm. So it was. It was an attainable first choice, yeah. I will say. Mm-hmm. Did you I, I mean, I did get in. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I, I, I went there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, but I do agree. I think having this idea of a dream school, especially one that's maybe, out, I don't know if out of reach is the right term for it. Yeah. Like, because obviously people get into their dream schools, right? But and you just know, some of these people or some of these schools, their percentages are like, okay, 5% get in. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, okay. insane. Yeah. Um, but I think, I don't think that you should go to a school just for the prestige of it. Yeah, because believe me, you never know. Yeah. Experience. 
<clears throat> as somebody at a prestigious school, <laughs> as somebody at an ex- prestigious school, you never know. Mm-hmm. And best believe, you know, that school might have that name, but that doesn't mean every single department at the school is going to be great. That doesn't mean that they're going to support their students. That doesn't mean that the professors are going to be great. Especially, that doesn't mean the professors <laughs> are going to be great. Maybe they're great at research. <laughs> but, um, yeah. so yeah, you never really know. Just, I would say for applying to colleges, don't put too much into it. You'll be fine wherever you get into. Yeah, that's true. And I think if you do have a school that you want to get into, I think it's important to think about the reasons why. Why do you want to go to this school? You know, does it align with your values? Does it have a certain program that you're really interested in? Um, Or, you know, are you going there because you have a family legacy there? Is that something that you value or not? Mm -hmm. Is that something that in the end, are these factors going to make a difference in, you know, your career or where you end up in life? I mean, I don't know. That's for each individual to figure out, Mm -hmm. but I think it is important to do your research and know why you have this school on a pedestal and if it's actually worth holding it so high, you know? Yes. And the other thing I would suggest, talk to the students, Mm -hmm. talk to the students. If you could get a student on a phone call, you feel me? Yeah. Talk to them a phone call because there's no um, written trail. This is particularly for graduate schools, particularly for graduate schools, but try to get somebody on a phone call. They'll give you all the tea, all of the tea and you need it because any visitation, any tour, anything like that, they're giving you, this is our best qualities. They're selling it to you. They're selling it to you. And I mean, you can go on those tours. You can read the pamphlets, just know that that's in the back of your head what they're doing yeah they got problems it's your job to figure out what those problems are and if you can handle them yeah because no school is going to be perfect yeah it's basically choosing okay which school has the problems that i can handle (laughs) that i can cope with which school has that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so anything else what was the original question? You know, original- that's a good, that's a good question. <laughs> so we got off track for we sure. We did. We digressed. We digressed a lot, but yes. we're, we're on the vein. Uh, the post-grad depression. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think some of the main takeaways about the post-grad depression is it's normal. Mm-hmm. It may happen to you. Figure out what methods you can use to cope, whether that is talking to somebody else, whether that is seeing a therapist, whether that is, you know, doing some beneficial activity or forming a habit or finding a hobby, Mm -hmm. finding things to get out of that rut, out of that depression, Mm -hmm. and also recognizing that it's not just on you. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And then I guess taking those coping mechanisms and applying them to, you know, when there's a pandemic. Yeah, when there's a pandemic. Because <laughs> we're probably gonna have another one in 10 years. Just watch. Uh-huh, don't say Let it. me knock on some wood. I'm knocking Please. on some wood. I'm sorry. I apologize. Because <laughs> that's just awful. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah. If you're experiencing the post-grad depression, you are not alone. <laughs> We have all been here with you, okay? It's normal. As you said, I just want to reiterate that because you feel like a freak. Yep. It's normal. And just make sure you get the help you need. Be open and honest with the people around you. Reach out for help. Someone will help you. They will. No shame. You just have to be brave enough to ask for it and someone will help you, okay? Um, Yeah. I think that's all I have to say. Post-grad depression sucks, but it gets mm-hmm. better. It does. It. it gets better. And then it helps you deal with the other the sucky other times in life. Because <laughs> best believe the nonsense never stops. Never. Ever. <laughs> all righty. Thank you for listening to Chatting with Chatty. Once again, I'm Chanel. And I'm Maddie. And we're chatty. Chatty. Thank you. And good night. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for watching. Thank you for watching. Thank you for watching. Please come again, my friend, sometime soon.